the keeper. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 215. Today is July 14th, and the Yankees have played two games so far against the Reds, and uh, they get they get the walk off. It's an ugly walk off. Last night, me and Chandler were at the game. Um, the first game, they get the loss, so at least they won't get swept by the Reds, which the Reds are quite possibly one of the worst teams in baseball. Them or the Athletics, it's almost pick your poison at that point with who's worse, but. A lot of things happen. So, how you doing, boys? Sounds of the city. Good. I would appreciate if you didn't try and mute yourself when we had nice sounds of the city. Makes us look more authentic. But you don't get those sirens everywhere. You gotta, you know, you don't get those up north. They don't. I just want to make sure the audio experience is is great for all listeners. Some people might hate the city. Murph hates the city. I'm sure he wouldn't like to hear the city sounds in the background. I don't hate the city. If you're listening to a show about your favorite team that was based in a city, I'd want to hear the sounds of the city. I don't know. I don't know that that's true, but either way, uh, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, Luis Severino gets pulled early in that game. He gives up back-to-back-to-back home runs against the seven, eight, nine hitters. We found out later that he was obviously hurt. He has a latch strain. Um, he might be done forever, so that's we'll get into that in more detail. <laughs> but um, they say he's going to miss a couple weeks, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that. But... Um, yeah, I mean, we we noticed even I, I guess we could start with that because we noticed in the game there was the report that was pulled, was pulled out there after you know he was he was done pitching. We saw the the velo and he was sitting at ninety four, which as you know, Luis Severino does not throw ninety four even post injury. He's been sitting high nineties, and that's he's I mean allegedly hit one hundred three that one day. So maybe maybe he did actually hit one hundred three that day and he got hurt. No, the radar is broken. I stand by that. Now he's broken. broken. I don't know. He is broken. Hopefully, hopefully it's just uh, what they say it is. If it is what if it is what they say it is, which they never are correct on that. But if they are, then I don't really doesn't really do much for me. It was bound to happen. He hasn't thrown this many innings in a couple of years. If he has a little bit, if it's truly just like a little bit of soreness and he misses a start, and then you have the All Star break and everything, fine. If it does snowball into what it usually is, then then I'm concerned, and that's a whole other conversation, but I'm not ready to write him off yet. I mean, the pessimistic side of me, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, great, Luis Severino's dead. It's time to turn him to glue. But looking back on it, you know, I, if he's back right after the All-Star break, he misses a start or two, fine. That's expected from a guy who hasn't thrown in two years. No part of me thinks that he's he's going to pitch this year. Well, we have no reason to think he's going to. That not with the way that the Yankees have handled injuries over the last three, four years. But if for some reason he is back and it really is just minor, then what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, I will say this: um, say it. the the lower body soreness of Aaron Judge. I mean, it's still, I guess, there. I mean, he is still playing, but we thought he was going to be out forever, and we all kind of overreacted, and it turned out to not be anything. As of never, as of right now, it's nothing. So, I don't know. I'm just using that to be a little bit more optimistic to say, oh, maybe it actually is just a uh, a, a soreness. But 
you know, the recent history of the Yankees telling us what's wrong with players, it, you know, it's it's hard to believe what they're saying. But that's, I'm trying to be a little more optimistic. It's an interesting point, too, because, you know, Aaron Judge is in a walk here. So is Luis Severino. We just were chatting about the contract before this. And I was trying to do some of the math on the numbers and maybe I was diving a little too deep into it. But it, it, evidently, I was trying to get to the point where would you pick up his option? Because he's, he's done after this year at least on this contract, and he has an option that we can pick up. And what were the numbers on that option? It was $2.5 to exercise the option or to activate it. and 15, then no, $15 no. Million to for the option or $2.75 to buy him out. So, okay, that makes sense. So $15 million, basically, for those that don't know how this works, it's like if, if you're a fan of football, it's like a franchise tag. So you, you tag this player for this agreed-upon amount, $15 million, and then you have him for one extra year. Um just to give some context, over the last three years, excluding 2020, in 2019, 2021, 2022, he's thrown 104 innings pitch. Over that same time frame, I'd say the average starting pitcher would probably hit around 450, assuming they throw 150 innings per per year. And for the guy that Luis Severino is and should be, if he wasn't injury prone, he's a top flight guy when healthy he should be up in, in the upper 180s to potentially 200 if you're going to be like in the Cy Young race that we expected this guy to be when he got this contract so I, I I'm almost assume barring a, a major comeback this year and he just proves me completely wrong I don't think the way that he he's he's a, in my in my mind he's officially injury prone and you you can definitely say that and then I'm just saying now if he barring a wild comeback and he just returns to form, I don't, I don't see what he can do to to get fifteen million out of me. Honestly, I think that is just a lazy argument. How is that so, lazy? Because you don't know what he, if. What if he misses one start and he's not? Then if he misses one start, then that's different. That's not at all. That's how is that lazy? Is, I'm just saying. I'm assuming based so on his prior not, track record that he's not right. going to be. He's he's gonna he's injury prone, so I'm assuming he's gonna continue to be injured. Tommy John, I, look, I was on. I have some breaking news. Two. Oh, lay it on me, damn it! We Severino placed on a 15 day IL with right lat strain, low grade. What we t- we just that's not breaking that. news. We knew that. That's what prompted. That's what stemmed this. About that. That's what stemmed this conversation. Well, I didn't know he's. I didn't know he's on the IL already. Welcome in, Damon. 15 days on and off, especially with the all-star break coming up, everything like that. I don't think you can call him injury prone because so much of that was Tommy John surgery. Tommy John is not like a, a lat strain. If it's a true lat strain, he misses time, like actual time, then fine. I will give that to you every day of the week. I don't think that you can label him one thing or the other. Say you're not going to pick up a contract, whatever the case may be based on what just happened today. And I was on your side originally, but I think we were a little emotional. So why just, why does why does Tommy John not count towards injuries? I'm I'm curious. It doesn't count towards being injury prone. It's not like why? a soft. It's not like a soft muscle problem. Like you didn't pull it. It's a snapped ligament. That I would argue that it's worse growth. because you have a more major injury. Think about how many pitchers get so Tommy every John, though, pitcher that's ever prone. had Tommy John is injury prone. Is what you because they've missed a year, so they're injury prone. That's just no. Mm-hmm. I mean, the year Brian Wilson that, got Tommy John on purpose. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's not. That's not what he did. He got Tommy John so he no, could no, no. have he, the surgery. He, he, he elected to have surgery. He threw dumbbells at a wall so that he could get Tommy John. <laughs> what? Uh, to have a clean break? <laughs> no, there's actually because people he that thought it would make get, it throw, make him throw harder. People yeah, get it, yeah, early in their that career. That will get it early in their career. That'll opt to have it because it just it's so common and 
it's becoming a routine surgery that it, people will go under the knife earlier, even if it's not necessarily a dire situation because it's so common. So I don't think you can call somebody injury prone. That's like calling somebody injury prone because they snapped their leg getting tackled. Like it happened. Been there, brother. So yeah. can I ask? <laughs> I don't know anything medical. Low grade lat. What is that? Like I know what a lat is, but like what what does that mean? Does that mean it's going to be fifteen days, or does that, that mean in your it's leg? Be fifteen no, days, and then he's going to go on for ten or for sixty? Like how? What's the time frame on a low grade lat strain for a Severino a year? Yeah. Okay, well, you were. This I'm is kidding. Just like I think we need to let Murph and Damon hash this out because you and I were both the polar opposite ends of the spectrum. You and I both represent the extremes of this, and we have for a year and a half now. Me and you are Skip Bayless versus uh, Stephen A. Stephen A. You've literally like since the second he got Tommy John, we're like, yeah, I think Luis Severino's cooked. He probably shouldn't have a family anymore. Like he is the worst. <laughs> Didn't alive. say that. I, I like Severino as a guy. And straight side and- young. So we need to let the people who are in the middle talk about this because you and I just arguing isn't going to do fucking anything. All right, I'll put it this way. Well, Damon, you can go first, actually. You already have a thought. Go can we for ask it. you guys the question? Would you guys, just start with this, and then you can defend it. Would you pick up the $15 million option? Go. If he's, if he's out for the rest of the year, no. But if it's even a if he comes back, day or even a 25-day IL stint, and he comes back and is pitching the way he was before, I'm absolutely picking up that option. It's a no-brainer, because if you let him walk in free, you're going to pay him almost $3 million to walk, and then somebody's going to re-sign him for, like, 18 or something. It'll probably be a short-term contract, and then – you know, if he's pitching through October and you really think he's injury prone and he gets hurt next year, fine. You took a gamble on a guy. But if he doesn't and he has a year similar to this year, whether he has an injury list stint or not, you're paying $15 million for a guy that's worth way over that if when he's healthy. So obviously we'll see. But Yeah, I think that if, if this lat strain – is only really a short-term issue and he finishes out the rest of the year without any major time missed, then yes, I would also pick that pick up the option because he's proven to, he's proven to me at least that he is a valuable piece in this the rotation. Hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. The talent is still there. Like the raw, you know, the, the mindset is still there. Like that raw motion, like, the way he goes out there and pitches every fifth day, that has not changed whatsoever. Obviously, like the you know, it takes time coming back from an, from an injury, but if his entire career and all we're talking about for the next two years is him coming back from an injury and being satisfied with okay starts, and then going back and saying, Oh, you know, it's fine, it was an okay start, he's come back from an injury, but we've been saying that for fucking forever now for his entire career. So if we continue to do that, then I'm not picking up the option. But if he does throw this rest of the season without any major time missed, then I think we should do it because he obviously the skill set is still there. And if he continues to try and be healthy, at least to an extent, there's no reason not to. Okay, better question then. I I agree. I think the talent's completely there. And I I agree. If he comes back, I wouldn't be upset with taking the fifteen million option. I just really hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I I really just don't think my basis was I don't think he's going to come back and be healthy on the way back. But better, other question that I wanted to ask was knowing that how the Yankees operate with extending people or putting contracts out for people that are that have injury history in the past, they 
think about players like that in the same light that I am right now, not in the same light that you guys are and being rational. I may be being irrational right now. And I, I own that. I maybe am. I, I, I just don't really like Severino right now. I don't, I don't like that. He keeps getting hurt, but the, the Yankees, what they're doing to judge right now, he has the talent, all the talent in the world. And they're still hanging on to injury proneness, which I don't agree is the case with judge. And they're struggling to give him a contract. I think that plays into them picking up the 15 million. So the better question is not what you think will happen now, and how you guys feel. Do you think the Yankees will pick him up? Even if he does come back and because what he just did was he just showed another injury on this resume. So if they go to pick it up, they're going to talk about all this, even if he comes back and pitch as well. Two things. One, I would argue they're not factoring that into judges contract extension based on what they offered him preseason 30 and a half a year for seven years proves that they were not factoring injuries into it. That takes him through what? 37, 38 years old is one of the highest paid players in the game. They know his value. They're not factoring injuries into that. If they were, it would have been a four-year deal for maybe a little more AAB. 40-something a year. Exactly. Or maybe not even that. But that's – so I don't think you can use that to compare it to – I think with Severino, you have to wait and see. I don't think that we can get any sort of productive answer out of this right now because of the timing. If this was a month later, maybe – but with the all-star break coming up in what four days and it's a two it's supposed to be a two-week thing he's gonna miss right now as it sits worst case scenario if this is true two starts at the absolute most if that's true and you're just doing this right now because of the timing fine we didn't nobody on this show nobody in the Yankees fan base expected him to come out this year and turn in 200 innings he's been a horse so far for us he's been throwing seven eight innings he's been effective he's been dominant at times. Nobody expect him to throw a full season. We expect him to have built-in rest anyway. So if this is just them being extra precautious because you have that break coming up, fine. I don't care. I think it's a no-brainer to pick it up, and I don't think that the Yankees would think twice about it because to get value like that, even if he only throws 150, 160 innings, to get value like that's going to cost you so much more than $15 million a year, and you don't know what you're getting. You have a guy that can handle New York. He handled to a certain degree really, really well being the ace of New York on a team that wasn't maybe didn't have the highest expectations. Look at, you know, 2018, 2017, 2017, they weren't even supposed to have a winning record. He handled being the ace of New York that young at 22 years old. Yeah. Say what you want about the wild card, but he was one of the reasons we were even there with that team. I on think top of that back. Go ahead. On top of all of that, it's we're not talking about an extension. We're talking about a one-year option. Exactly. So if yeah, you're worried about a- him yeah, being injury-prone in his later 30s, that's not what we're talking about. It's one year. One year. So it's worth a gamble. At 28, yeah. I mean, look at, like, like I said, look at Noah Syndergaard. He's what? Now, and they gave him $26 million a year. Coming off missing two, three years, I would say he's had similar, if not worse, injury history than... Severino, he's got a similar profile as far as stuff goes. He's a power-throwing right-hander, and he got $26 million a year for one year. And you're that, basically doing the same, but you're taking $11 million off for a homegrown guy. Yeah. Syndergaard was a uh, a free agent at that point, right? An angel signed him. That wasn't a trade piece? Yeah, he was a free yeah, agent. Yeah. They signed him for a one-year prove-it deal, which is exactly what this is. Yeah, I mean, Murph, what were you saying before about um, people pick up the option just to trade them away or pick up the option yeah, so to feel it out. 
I was reading, I was trying to make sure I didn't mix up like what the option actually meant and sound like an idiot. Um, So I was looking at an example and it's not up in front of me right now, but it was something along the lines. uh, I think it was Wade Miley, the Rangers. So he had three year option and they picked them up each of the years. And then in the last year of the option, you know, you can sign and trade them too. So if you have if you if he doesn't fit in your lineup or your rotation and somebody else thinks it's worth taking the gamble on him for one year 15 million you could always re-sign him and then deal him if somebody is willing to take the risk of his injury and we're not i don't really know if that's going to happen with severino but that's another potential outcome okay and it probably would be more if we weren't contenders but let me change the the topic of conversation slightly to just i know we we touched on the trade deadline a, a ton last episode we really put together a plan which we put on social media and a lot of people were like oh my god you're giving up too much it's impossible to guess what the trades will be so we gave packages of similar value and you can't just run it through a trade uh, analyzer and say oh yeah this would be accepted because it's just not how it works it's, it's a crap shoot that has like gallo hicks and- yeah fucking a 47 rank prospect for Juan Soto. Yeah, that thing. Yes, so I just wanted to address that because it's a crapshoot and we just tried our best. So there's that. But what I was really getting at here is that we talked about that at length about acquiring pitchers. Where do you stand now? And I feel like the answer is obvious now that the Severino injury has happened. We already needed starters with, and we were, we were bringing it up why we would prioritize starters over relievers and even outfielders at the given moment because of the struggles of Tyone and Court and Nestor. Now you throw the Severino injury in the mix. Now where do you stand on acquiring uh, a starter? And I'm a little concerned too, because we were talking about this before we got on the air and apparently the price tag for Castillo is going to be too much. And they're according to John Heyman, we're looking more at depth pieces. I feel like that cannot be that cannot be what we do. We, we it just cannot because cannot get on the plane back to Cincinnati. That can't happen. No, we just but regardless of we need Luis Castillo at this point. I think this just locked in that we need. He's the only top flight arm that isn't injury prone, right? Not injury prone, but isn't currently injured. Like Frankie Montas would be another option, he's but he's. I know, but he's coming off an injury. So that would do you want to flirt with that now? With you know, I don't know. That that's up to you, up to the Yankees to decide, but. I feel like Castillo needs. They, we have to have our targets set on Castillo now more than even two, three days ago when we recorded because we were talking about that just because of the struggles of the starters that are currently on the roster. Now one of the main guys who we were going to lean on because he was pitching well to this point. We were saying because of Tyone and because of Nestor, we need to go after a starter. Now one of the the top two guys on this roster that have been pitching well all season, all season long is now hurt and going to deal with this for the rest of the year, even if he does come back. So if we do not get Luis Castillo, I feel like it's Luis Castillo or bust for this, this, this pitching staff, because also if you want to look at the numbers for the last 14 days, I mean, the eye test will tell you that everybody has not been doing too well. Cole did, did well last time out. He hasn't been doing well before that, but you look at the numbers, the entire starter, the starting pitching staff over the last 14 days, four, five, two ERA, five, four, eight, FIP, uh, I mean, they they just aren't looking good. They're giving up a ton of home runs. There, it's just it's not looking good for this team. I mean, they, that's obvious. You if you watch the games, you see that the starters are not as dominant, nearly not even close to as dominant as they were in er, earlier parts of the season. And that's 
I mean, that they were on historic paces and all that stuff, so you can't ask for that day in, day out, but it did show cracks, and now I am officially worried about the pitching. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, we're recording this on Thursday before the game, so um, we'll wait to see what Nestor actually does today, but I think this is a big game for Nestor. Um, I mean, in our last 10 games, we're 500, which has not happened this year so far. And it's no coincidence that Sevi is hurt. Uh, JMO has been god awful. Nestor's been streaky, and Cole's been getting better. And really, Montgomery's just been Montgomery. He's just like consistently okay. So it's no shocker that our record resembles the fact that the one, not the one strength, but our biggest strength has been declining at a pretty rapid pace. Um, so. Obviously, this isn't brain surgery. Like the front office should be able to see that, and there's no reason why we shouldn't go out there and get a big starting pitcher, not just a depth piece. If you I, get depth pieces at this deadline, I've said it before, and I'll say it again: that is a just catastrophic failure by the front office. Depth pieces don't do shit. That's all we you've got to this point because of depth pieces. You don't win a World Series with 26 depth pieces. And yes, I know that Aaron Judge isn't a depth piece. I know John Carlos Stanton isn't a depth piece. But we coming into the season and now it's starting to come back down to earth, we have an ace and we have four depth pieces in the rotation and you're starting to see that. Go get another depth piece, see what fucking happens. You're going to do the exact same thing. You're going to have another middle of the rotation arm that's going to turn in some great starts. We're going to say, oh, look, there's fucking Trevor Male or whatever, and he had a great start. Yeah, look at him. Oh, he's going to win a Cy Young, jokingly. But then he's going to blow up. We need somebody steady that is young, that has the stuff, that has the pedigree to come in and fucking do it and depth pieces in any position. We talked about Michael Taylor on the last episode. No. You talk about fucking Male, whatever. No. <laughs> no. Get, no, see, I mean, no. I'm going to stop you right there because I don't see... Point? Male is not the doing? answer, and you do need Montas and Castillo. But if there's some, I think Male is not a lateral move. I think he is better than Monty. Okay. I think that he is probably better than Tyone, all it's told. And then who knows? Like, if he's in the rotation and Nestor moves to the bullpen, I'm still okay with that. Like, that's the cutoff for me. I don't think he's the lateral move. He was a bad example. Martin Perez, or like there are lateral moves that we shouldn't do, but I'm not mad if Molly's in there if we don't give up too much for him. I'm, so but mad. I also if think Molly that Castillo game, is the I'm guy. Fucking furious! Look at his career stats: five ERA, five ERA, four ERA, four ERA, four five, four five. He's a career four five. He's a back of the rotation arm. What do we need another back of the rotation arm for? He's not even having a good year. I don't I don't he's, give a shit it? what his peripherals are. I don't care. I do not care if every single number on this baseball savant is the 100th percentile. Produce on the fucking field. Stop trying to find diamonds in the rough. This isn't the year for it. Last year, that's fine. They were hovering around 500. We didn't know if they were going to make a playoff. No, fuck that. Do not go out there and get a guy based on his peripherals and try and tell me that that's what's going to put us over the top because it's not. That's not going to happen. Every guy that you do that isn't going to be Clay Holmes. There's a reason that we talk about Clay Holmes is because he's one of the 50 that worked out. You can't do that this year. You cannot do it. If you do it this year, it's a complete and utter failure. I, 
I, yeah. I don't. I'm not mad about Molly. I think he could. We could also maybe see a Montas and Castillo and a Statistically, Mala. if you put in but, Molly right now, he's statistically the worst pitcher in our rotation. He plays on the Cincinnati Reds, and I know that doesn't matter as much when you're. A that pitcher, might make it worse. You're still facing people. It doesn't matter. You. Ha- I don't know. I. I really. I gut feeling. Can't even argue with you because I agree with everything you just said. I just <laughs> have I have a feeling that Molly would be the kind of guy that would actually come over and figure it out, that's especially fine. with Blake. That's what I that's said last fine. episode. That's fine if he does, but you can't bank on gut feeling. Oh, I agree. He's not the answer. Good, you have to do more. This is the year to go for the throat. You don't go, well, I got a gut feeling he's going to be okay, and then he doesn't pan out. Gone. Fired. You have no business being in baseball if you're going on gut feeling in a year like this. You need to look at track records. You need to look at stuff. Luis Castillo throws 100 mile an hour sinkers. He dots corners. He's a career best change of baseball probably. Except for Devin Williams. I wouldn't be upset about it if if Male was the second guy we add. Like I, I'm cool with That's getting a depth saying. piece if it's on top of Castillo, and it, it may make sense. Maybe we just do it in the same deal with they're on the same team, so why not just get a if pack, putting, get a bundle of pitchers? Like say, hey, let's become the Cincinnati Yankees and just bring these guys over. If they really want Peraza, <laughs> and we think that Peraza is too much to give for just Castillo. Then maybe we give them Peraza and another couple long shot prospects and they maybe they do throw him in or so or may you know you never know why are we so scared to trade peraza i don't I, again i don't understand. they don't want to trade him why we have a lot of shortstops because he's good and i know we have a lot of shortstops but that's shortstops can is. play listen i agree with you but if the yankees if the reds really want volpe or peraza I'll, i'm saying volpe's name but it's really probably going to be peraza and the Yankees don't think that Castillo is good enough or enough to trade just for Peraza, then maybe Male would be. Maybe they throw in Male, and maybe it's good. Maybe it's both no, sides. That's fine and dandy. That's not. I'm not even talking, you know, about you in this hypothetical. Here. I'm talking about the front office. What? Why? Why do? Why do you have to have Peraza, Volpe, Sweeney? Yeah, I get it. You want to have all the prospects possible, especially after passing on that shortstop class because you need somebody to pan out. But look where you are now without that and with IKF at shortstop, who is on pace to be worse than Glaber last year, at least as far as errors go. Say what you want. Yes, I know he had some good, some huge hits last night, and he was the difference in that game. Fine. But you passed on a historic class for Isaiah Falefa to play out of position. You're banking on one of these guys to come up and be good. Fine. Nobody, not even the front office, could have expected this start. You have, if that's the cost to put this team over the top, especially with the Severino injury, you'll know more, obviously, after the All-Star break, whatever. I, I don't care. I don't care if he comes back and he's healthy. You have to part with a shortstop now. Now is the time. You don't wait till next year, and then Peraza's hitting 230. Like, oh, shit, well, he's not what we thought he was. That's unacceptable. That cannot happen again. You did that with Clint Frazier. You did that with Miguel Andohar. You've done that damn near with Florio. You're just driving these prospects value into the ground in hopes that one pans out. That's fine. If you get burnt, fine. It happens. But at least make the effort. This is the year to do it. I don't know. It would no, I, I agree with you. It, what, I what's the handle it if they don't do anything. If not now, when? And I read what's it? That's uh shit. What's his name? Theo Epstein said that I read an article by I think it was Ken Rosenthal today, but that was Theo Epstein's thing in 2016 when he traded for Chapman and gave up Glaber, who was literally one of the top prospects in baseball. The at number the time. one prospect in baseball. Exactly. And 
look how he panned out. Sure, he's good, but they wouldn't. Know, they might not have won that World Series without they Chapman. Don't. They don't win that World. They probably Series don't. And you can't say that definitively. That you know what? If you go out and get Castillo, this team wins a World Series. No, but see, that here's just the thing, gives you the best chance possible. If Castillo comes over here and he blows up and he can't handle New York, fine. Are we going to be pissed off? Yeah. Is he going to get booed out of the fucking state of New York? Yes. But you know what? You can't come back here next year and blame that on Brian Cashman. You can't sit here a year later and be like, man, I can't believe he fucking traded for Luis Castillo. He did. He is the best arm on the market. It's not close in my eyes. And you go out and you get him and he's here. If he's great, like he has been his whole career for the most part. He's a bona fide number two, top of the line, damn near ace if you don't have Garrett Cole to get you through October. If he sucks, tough shit. You did, you did what you could do, and there's no guarantees that Peraza A is going to have a spot or B, be dominant. So, I don't know. Um, I, I'm I, with I, you. I think Montas and Castillo are the only two that are like that top echelon that really solves a problem. We obviously guys watched the last two games. That kid that's like Edwin Diaz's brother. He's good. He looks he throws identical. I mean, he did just blow. They said he had the highest spin rate in baseball on his fastball and his slider. Oh, yeah. I mean, he did. He's 25. I mean, they're not going to get rid of him. But like, how cool would that? No, he's he's the type of guy they want to keep. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the two wild pitches that lost the game. But he he did. He's good. You know he did. I mean, it was actually crazy. I didn't know that that was his brother or cousin, or whatever the hell, whatever the hell it is, at the time. No, I didn't know it in the moment when I was watching the game uh, yesterday, and I saw the windup. I was like, that looks extremely familiar. And they throw if if you put them side by side, it's actually nuts how similar their windups are. Did you keep the book by chance? Is that why you're paying such good attention? I did keep the book. I I, I will say this too, and I know you guys make fun of me for it. And for those of you keeping score at home like I was at the game. I brought the scorebook to the game, and I was doing it, and I felt like an old man. I had my my two beers sitting there. I was just having myself a grand old time, but I will say it, it was keeping me a lot more engaged in the game. Because I, And I'll say this, too. When I go to games, I don't know about you guys, I feel like I'm way less engaged than I, would be, than I am when I'm at, watching it on TV. So I wasn't going to call you out on this until you were rude to me before we started, but uh, <laughs> I have to call you a fraud. He doesn't keep balls and strikes in the book. That's just a lot. I only I make mean, fun of you because I know what your attention span is like. Because I also know what my attention span is like. And yeah, I just that's. I the did it well. I did it. I, what you, do you mean? No, no, no. Every time oh. we've been streaming, you've been doing the book. Something happens. You're like, what happened last half? I missed one and one or the other, but it it overall keeps me way more engaged to the entire game. Like every every single out, and I and I think no. that's I like doing it. It relaxes me. So sue me. No, I enjoy doing the book too. I just want to give you shit because you were not very nice. To I'm, I might get a book. I might, I might do it too. I want to do it. I think it's a good. It's a lot idea. of fun. I explained to a guy how to uh, record a pick out, pick off yesterday at the game. Made me feel good about myself. Channeled my inner third year JV player days. Yeah, it was funny. The, the kid that we were talking to that we met at the game, he was like, oh, "I don't know how to do the book." He's like, "He's like, I played baseball. I don't really know how the book." He's like, "Oh, so you played." Like you, you didn't sit the bench, and we, and we were like, and Chandler was like, yeah, I wrote a lot of pines, so I really got, really started to learn how to do the book in my day. But I, you know, what? at this point, I say it proudly. I would show up. <laughs> part of my uniform was a pen. 
right. Uh, before we continue going through this, I wanted to keep the lights on here. This episode is presented by Chalkboard. Go download the Chalkboard app. The link is in uh, the bio of, uh, of all of our social media pages in the bio, the description of the podcast. Just scroll down, click that link, download the Chalkboard app, and join our game day group chat. It's a fantastic app. We're having a lot of fun in there. We've got 500 strong in the app. Just We're just chatting about the Yankees during the games, not during the games, saying goodnight to each other sometimes, saying good morning. I don't know. All of the whole nine. We're chatting about trade rumors. Now's the time to get in. We're going to be talking about you know, every whenever a rumor swirls around, I always get a screenshot from somebody thrown in there. Um, it's a lot of fun. Go download the app, join our group chat, and and chat with us. It's a lot of fun. And it's also on top of being a group chat, it's a bet syncing app. So all of your favorite bets they sync with your any sports book that you use, and we can chat about gambling as well. Uh, we're not very good at gambling, but it's a lot of fun. So go download the app and uh, yeah. Speak for yourself. So, in other news, in Yankees news, speaking of being back, um, Tyler Wade and Jonathan Luizga, back. I think that while we're talking about that also, but before we get too deep into this, this is a perfect time to also introduce what the fuck happened to Clay Holmes on whatever today is. I don't know. All my days blend together when I have to work. So Yeah, that was that, terrible. So, but... Yeah, I'm not doing that to take away from Lewisaga. I just think those go hand in hand, especially with the expectations you had for Lewisaga coming in. And I'm not saying Clay Holmes is going to lose his spot. That's not where I'm getting at here. He's fine. He was a little shaky last night, too. He was, uh, you can call it shaky if you want on Monday, but that was just embarrassing. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. I think, think shaky is right a, a good way to put it. <laughs> I think that, uh, I think he could benefit from the all-star break. That's I think this whole team needs the all-star break. Yeah. We're kind of, desperately. We're kind of, um, it's a good, yeah. Because, you know, we're 500, a little above where you have a huge lead in the division. They're hitting the ball. It's fine, but we need the all-star break. Let's do a little yeah. reset. Let's come out. Let's go beat the brakes off of Houston and move forward. That's all I think it is with Clay Holmes, but it's definitely something that needs to be addressed because he's given up two run- earned runs the entire year and then gave up four without recording an out on Monday. So even when we were winning 10 in a row, whatever, that this team needs experience because so many people have not been there. They have not thrown this volume, and that goes for Clay Holmes, too. He hasn't thrown this volume, much less in high leverage innings. He needs this all-star break more than anybody. If nothing else, is just a regroup like, who deep breath? I am the closer of the best team in baseball. Let's go back out and do it. This this All Star break almost feels like a, a buy in the NFL, and it couldn't have come at a at a, at a more perfect time. Like the, everybody is crawling to the All Star break right now. Judge is dealing with his injury stuff, and I mean, since he's been injured back in the lineup, he's been hitting one eighty six. So he's eleven for fifty nine, and over his last sixteen games. I mean, he he is probably not truly healthy right now, and he needs the all-star break. He needs it. I mean, obviously, Loisig is back now, but he probably could use a couple extra days before we get the get the wheels going. Uh, Clay Holmes obviously needs it, but and and I'm not nobody's worried about Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes is gonna. Be, I mean, he's still even with that those blowups, and I never like to use reliever ERA. And but in this case, I will to his defense because it only blew up to one three two one three four, even with four earned runs given up in the last three point two innings, which is crazy to four say. So without four earned runs without recording it out, exactly. And and I will say this: I everybody's entitled to their blowups. 
and it's not really the fault of him. It is the fault of him on that that one specific game where he hit three batters or hit two batters, and that that was bad. I want to say one thing: Boone should have pulled him so much earlier than that. There comes a point where he, somebody doesn't have it, and I know he's earned the trust to be in there. So a three batter minimum. So keep that. I know, but after the three, after he hit, he he hit what three bat three? He hit he hit three batters. And he uh, wasn't he looking great. He wasn't locating at all. It clearly wasn't his night. And I know, and, he, and it's, it's, it's a tough spot because he has earned that trust 100%. But I don't know. I'm at the, at the same time, he really didn't have it. I'm not upset at Boone for that. I think he faced five batters. You, the minimum's three. You give, you give your guy who's been that dominant a chance to work out of it. Fine. He's... Know, he is that guy. Who do you go to there, though? Is my thing. You go to Wandy after, but do you go to Wandy sooner? I don't know. Michael King was spent. Castro was spent. I don't. I don't hate it. Oh, you got. You're not going to bring in Chapman with runners on. I don't hate it at all. I get it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But with, I, I don't know. There's a three batter minimum. Maybe if there's not, and he comes out and he's throwing pitches over the fucking backstop, then maybe you come get him after two if that rule is not there. But uh, I, against the worst team in baseball, with the best closer in baseball. No, yeah, I know it's, it's yeah, a champagne you, problem, you know, and I know I'm not. I'm not really upset. Yeah, I'm not really upset, and lead and all that. You you let him work out of that, and if nothing else, because that's experience for when you're going to need to do that. If there's ever a time to give him that chance, it's against the Reds with this lead on rest. It. I don't have a problem with it. He blew up. It is what it is. I. It's fine. Is he's fine? Get us to the All Star break. Let's have one big sigh, regroup, and let's go fucking do it again in the second half. What are your expectations for Loazga? I expect him to return to 2021. I was going to say the complete opposite. Yeah, I was again not going to agree with that whatsoever. <laughs> I know we can do that, but like, I don't know. Expect- he's, like, yeah. he's shown, I, I literally have not seen one promising thing for him this whole season. So disagree. Like I said, with, and I said this before when we had the episodes about his struggles, he's not hit, at least then when he was injured or coming up to being injured, he wasn't far off. It's not like Chapman where he's missing the zone by 17 inches. He was missing corners by inches and he was giving up a lot of soft contact that just was unlucky. I'm going to look at his baseball savant in a minute because I know you're going to want to tell me I'm wrong here and maybe I am, but. I just every time he's on the mound, I still feel good about him. He's throwing a hundred mile an hour sinkers. He's dotting it. He, yeah, he's a couple inches off, or at least he was earlier in the year. But I don't. You can't have that good of stuff coming off a year like you did last year, and just a switch flips and you lose all of it. I just refuse to believe that until I see it for more than five, ten games. He didn't really have enough data this year to have much baseball savant. He has just a, it's it's that thing where he has like three things. He has fastball velocity, fastball spin, and fastball curve, all of which were red. In the 96th, 73rd, and 71st percentile, but not enough data. But before the injury, he had 16 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts. So the strikeout numbers are still there. He's striking out a little over one per inning. Um, more. But he's walking a lot more. Walks were bad. Walks and hits. His whip was five, 1.56. He had a 7.02 ERA, which I don't want to even point to that, but I did. Uh, so I'm sorry for that, but. His expected ERA is three runs lower than that. His expected. So maybe some unlucky. Uh, It's a lot of unlucky. That's why 16 innings is not a big enough sample size to say that 
you know, he's not this guy or he is this guy. All of the rest of his saber metrics are in line with last year. I think it was a lot of it was a lot of just being unlucky. And I, if he comes out and he sucks ass for if we're having this conversation again in September, then I'm worried. And I don't want him in high leverage spots because he clearly something's off. But I can't you can't tell me in 16 innings you don't trust a guy that was we were talking about last year having the same conversation we're having with Clay Holmes, not today, but leading up to it. We've had fucking hours of talks about Clay Holmes on this show. We had the same thing with Loisaga last year. I'm not ready to write that off after 16 innings. And he was year. so goddamn good. So, I just looked at his baseball savant. Sorry, Murph, for 2021. He's in the 99th percentile in nearly everything. Yeah, in a great season. And that's why, like, so here's the thing. You can't expect that again. You can't. You couldn't expect that again, whether he's hurt or not, whether I'm he not was dealing or not to that level. But I'm saying I expect him to come back and be a dominant reliever on this team. Oh yeah, sure. He has to I, like he he's he got he's going to have to be a late inning guy. He needs to be, and that's what he can be. He clearly, be our setup man going. He forward. doesn't. Yeah, and anything that's when he threw that, that well. Anything as less than that is a disappointment. He needs to come back and be that eighth inning guy that we can trust night in and night out. If he's not, then that's a failure. I I want. If this team's operating at full capacity in October, we have a big series coming up against the Astros. It needs to go Loisaga to Holmes, and I think anything other than that, uh, well, no, it needs to go King Loisaga Holmes. You pick the order. I'll put it that way. King Loisaga Holmes need to be your three. Chapman in the sixth. I don't want Chapman at all. Chapman's cleaning up. Dude, if Chapman's, if, dude, if Chapman's in the sixth and he's, he's half of what he is right now, or not half, not right now, if he's half of what he could be or previously was, I'm fine with that. If in Chapman's the in inning. the sixth, he's not pitching. I'm hoping starters can go through six. So exactly, you got to believe you. You're the the path to winning a game is a starter and in the playoffs goes six strong, and that's probably the max. It's it's you're getting a blessing if they go beyond six, but with our starters and the way they've been pitching, hopefully they can go six. 789 is where the relievers come in, and I, it's kind of crazy to say. As I, I don't believe in Chapman whatsoever, but it's its a little wild to say that he wouldn't even show up, and I, I don't disagree. I think he shouldn't. I, I would I would rather see – I mean, obviously, it's a series, and he it's, it's not going to be King, Loisga, uh, and Clay every single night. It might be a mix, but – I'm telling I, you I right could, now, though, Game 7 comes up against the Astros – I'll even say right now, because right now, as it sits, I still have more confidence in the wise again than I do Chapman. As I agree with today, that. I still do. So let's say Loisaga comes back. Maybe he's not 2021, but he's still dominant. He is, let's say, good Chad Green. Let's say he's putting up those level numbers. When Chad Green was good, we still had confidence in him. He's still you know, is subject to those bluffs because of the location issues. Those aren't going to go away. They've been a problem his whole career. That's why he's not a starter. Um, game seven rolls ALCS against the Astros. Do you want to see Chapman or do you want to see Cole go six? He's giving it to you. He's going on three days rest. And then you roll into it's giving it to you. Do you want to go to Loisaga King Holmes or do you want to go to Chapman King Holmes or King Chapman Holmes or fuck God forbid, King Holmes Chapman. I I don't want to see Chapman touching it right now. Not right now. I haven't seen it in longer than longer than the Wisega's dominance has been Chapman's just decline. I, as it sits right now, he sits very very low on my trust tree, and I know we'll do an official one at the All Star break. But I think Chapman slides into 
almost like what a Wandy Peralta role was last year is where I feel most confident in him right now. He doesn't need to be throwing high leverage situations, but if he comes in at a tie game or a one, two run lead and the middle innings, fine. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, but he doesn't need to be protecting a lead against a good team late in games. What do you think about putting him in this sort of situation where you're trying to keep it close? Like you're down a run in the seventh, eighth inning against two. Cause that matters. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, thinking a better team because it could translate to the playoffs. That'd be kind of an interesting role to have. If it's in the playoffs, I'll say a playoff caliber team, even if it's a regular season, if it is, as it sits right now, I don't want him there, but if it's, if he comes back and he proves himself and he's kind of working himself back, I I'll put this out here on the record. He will never be dominant again. I do not see a scenario where he comes out and it's just fucking lights out. That's not going to happen in my eyes. And if it does, like anything that I tell you, I will be the first person to sit on this show and tell you I'm the dumbest motherfucker on earth. But I do not see any scenario where Aroldis Chapman comes back. He's dominant. If he comes back and he's good, fine. I'm cool with him trying to preserve a small uh, deficit, I guess. You know, if you're losing 7-6, you bring in Chapman, fine, whatever. If he comes back, he does that. But as it sits right now, if we roll into a playoff game and we're losing 2-3, you know, 4-3, whatever the case may be, and Chapman comes in, I don't feel confident there. I feel like that's almost a punt. And I, maybe I'm wrong to say that. Maybe that's reactionary, but I don't feel good about it. He hasn't shown me anything in the last year outside of his start last year and bits and pieces of his back half that – I feel confident that not with the pin we have. If we didn't have Wandy having a career year and King being the guy he is and Holmes the guy he is and Lewisaga hopefully the guy he is, then maybe. But our bullpen is too good to be throwing a question mark out there and hoping. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. Tyler Wade. What are your, what are your expectations for him? I kind of fucking love it. I don't know. I love it. I'm super pumped about it. I mean, I as Tyler Wade make the playoff roster. I think he does. Uh, I I don't know because he he. It's interesting because he's exactly that player that Marwin and uh, Carpenter are for us. He's got wheels. He's got wheels though. So he has that over Marwin. I think. I think it's gonna be a race. But it's he's gonna be competing against Marwin and Carpenter. It's Ken. Marwin, I think Marwin may be the odd man out or has the target on his back for Wade. Like if Wade had one person that he's circling on this roster that he's trying to beat out to make the roster, because right now he's going to go to AAA, I think it's Marwin. And I think Carpenter, and I think it's more so me thinking that Carpenter can keep this up and it's Marwin's, I don't don't know. What do you guys think? I I think it's. The deadline's going to make a difference, I think. But. Yeah, it's been, if 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 we get anybody and who that person is, it might affect it. Um, I'll tell you this: if there's a scenario again, if we collapse and we find ourselves in a wild card scenario, Tyler Wade will be on that roster. Yeah, if it's Why? a because he the speed is too valuable in a game. Yeah, nobody on our bench right now has speed like that. If we what's well, a series? It's not a wild card game. It's a wild card three game series. So if you find yourself in that where every game matters that much, you're going to need that speed late in late innings. If you find yourself in a longer series, 
Uh, I mean, just kind of law of averages, it'll even itself out. You'll yes, you can benefit from that speed, but it's not going to necessarily be the determining factor in the series like it has been previously. We have uh, the speed though. Look at DJ. That's true. He, <laughs> speed demon. You can't teach speed, and he, the pass ball. He was. He was. I blinked, and he was there. Hey DJ, I mean, what'd you what'd you see there, DJ? Hey, the ball got past him, and I I scored. <laughs> I don't know. How you, I mean, that was a dumb question, but that is just an all time. I don't even know who Justin Shack. He's the guy who asked the question. He looks like a, a he looks like Ryan Rucco with hair, and he's a he's a Walmart Ryan Rucco. Already don't like that if Ryan Rucco has hair. He that man was meant to be bald. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I don't know. If I'm picking between Tyler Wade and Marlon Gonzalez, like. Like I remember when Tyler Wade, he had like an incredible first couple, like first half, not even first half, but first couple of weeks. I of know. The season. I, was, I was about to pull that up because it's it's kind of sad when he went to the Angels in the beginning of the season. We were like, him and Velasquez are going to hold it down in the middle they infield. They're both playing well. He made the hot list, and he was batting like three hundred. And was like, holy shit, yeah, good for Tyler Wade. Right. Like we don't have a spot for him, so it's fine. Not upset about it, but good for Tyler Wade. Maybe he's going to get a shot. Then he gets DFA and he's batting 218. So let me ask you this. It's like, it's whoever's, you know what it is? It's whoever's friends with Clint Frazier just gets fucking DFA'd. Clint's a virus, or Jackson is a virus, excuse me. Let me, can I ask you this in a half joking manner? What, if at all, role does bringing Tyler Wade back have on Aaron Judge? Noted best friends, was trying to convince him to come out to the Angels. Now he's a Yankee again. What if wait, what if what mm. if Tyler Wade is actually a double agent and he just came back to really be in Judge's ear to leave and go with him to Or <laughs> flip side, what role did Judge have in bringing him back? Like Zero. Hey, bring back Tyler Wade. <laughs> I mean they traded cash for him. Cash or a player to be named later. So like Whenever it's a cash him. deal, it just I love just saying it's vending machine credit, little money ball yeah. and <laughs> Judge was like, "Hey, I'll give you like five hundred grand out of my four hundred million dollar extension if you bring my buddy back." He gave him equity in in the deal. He yeah. gave him like, <laughs> "I'll give you ten thousand shares of my contract, which Damn. will be like fifteen bucks." <laughs> Damon knows how it works better than we do, but you know, you can talk about royalties. Like, you know, I want you know five cent royalty on every Tyler Wade base hit until I recoup my money and then. <laughs> Over under, yeah. under, no, <laughs> <laughs> over, over under. I could have been talking about Judge. You don't know. Over, no over under. This is tough. I'm on the spot here. Are you just thinking of You're an over and under? It up. Over under thirteen games he plays in. Over. Wait. Really, really yeah. over. Well, one injury, he's. The I'll guy. say over. Yep, I'll say over for sure. Well, there is the one injury. Well, I guess Hicks isn't didn't make the IL. So. Murphy's still sticking with under. One injury, hit, <laughs> he's up, and he. Well, it depends. Are you saying started or played in? Because if played in appearances. Up, if, if he oh. okay, hammering the over because if he comes up, he's going to be a late inning pinch runner at any close game. Yeah, definitely. Excluding pinch running. Do we have still over? Still over. <laughs> Getting very. Specific Do we have any here. idea if if his like. I don't know what his contract's like. Does he have options? Can is he going to be? If he comes up, is he up or is he? That's able a good question. To go back down? I pride myself in not knowing how the options work, so I'll defer That's, to Chandler. He's the resident options guy. Yeah, I know how options work, but I don't know how 
Tyler Wade's options work. I, well, he's. I knew that Tyler Wade was a Yankee an hour ago. So actually, I knew at 11 a.m. today because Murph sent me the same screenshot that I sent. So I'll tell you what, he's got one less. He got DFA'd by the Angels. So, well, he. If I'm reading this right, he was never like. We tr- we traded Tyler Wade correctly, was, correct? No. Yeah, oh, correctly. he he was, we d- we d- yeah. we DFA'd him, and so that's two options that he does not have. Those aren't options. Yeah, if you get DFA'd, that means you're out of I'll options. Put it oh, you're way. right. You didn't get sent down. Yeah, but last, but the Ang- but the Yankees year, still pay his contract. Last year he was out of options. That was why he was on the major league team for as long as he was, and we were shitting on him. Whatever he came back, played well. Whatever I've DM'd him and told him he has an open platform to come on this show and tell us how stupid we are. After he had the, I saw you DM'd him again. Yeah, I said let's <laughs> fucking go. Like welcome back. He never responds to it. He hates us. Oh, yeah, we shit yeah. on him that one time. We said he can't hit, won't hit, won't ever hit. And he commented on the post. He goes, LOL, all right, bet, won't. Stay tuned. Or like, I'm, st- I'm, still, I'm still waiting, waiting for it. But <laughs> No, so if it's anything. It's been the like longest that, waiting game I've ever played in my life. If it's anything like last year, he got, or he didn't get DFA'd last year because he was out of options. That's why he stayed on the team as long as he did. And, and then that's why we got rid of him. Yeah, that's why we got rid of him as well because he was either on the team or DFA'd. So I will say this: his sprint speed was 94th percentile last year, and it's 92nd this year. So he might be, he might be, yeah. Yikes! Father time Yikes. is catching up to him, and I don't like it. Yikes. So it's losing a step. He lost literally a step. How old is he? He was 27. Like getting old yeah he's no longer a spring chicken he's not this young this young guy who wears vans on the subway and just goes he's hitting his prime you would say that last year that's still not what did he hit last year he was good 68 over 103 games i I knew he was really good in the beginning and then there was a point last year where we were sitting on this show talking about how he was the only person on our team producing i mean he's ikf He's better than IKF. Really? I don't know about that. I disagree. And I think a lot of people would. Go ahead. He had no home runs. He's better defensively. Hit hit 270. Good defensive player. Isaiah Counterfluff, we've hit the point in the season, is a dog shit shortstop. Yes, he provides value to this team by hitting for average and putting balls in play, which we desperately need. We haven't had that in years. But you cannot make that argument all you want that he's a fresh breath of fresh air offensively. Don't ever tell me that he's a good defensive shortstop because that's a complete and utter lie and wrong. He is a terrible shortstop. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've noticed what he would. I mean, he just can't make the throws. He's 20. He also botches balls and he makes some really nice plays. That, so everybody will be like, Oh wow. Look at how great he is. He leads the American league in errors at 11. He's, he's on, on pace, pace for more than Glaber in his worst year. I know you're about to say that. He's out of 24 in qualified shortstops and whatever the most important defensive sabermetric is. I don't know it off the top of my head. We are a noted not big defensive sabermetric podcast, but I saw it today. He is 21 out of 24 in that metric. He's not a good shortstop. And he's I will say good. this, too. I think it might be even worse than it is because a lot of his errors are throwing errors. And Rizzo bails him out on a lot of them with picking it. And the ones that Rizzo, if he's, I feel like even on the outs, the amount of work that Rizzo gets with picks is astronomical. And honestly, at this point, Rizzo's got a reputation to be a really good defensive first baseman. I'd be pissed because he's putting, he's putting a lot of pressure on him. He's really trying to exploit him because now 
it like if you if you look at the cumulative number and not the rate for Rizzo, like how many times he misses a pick to the naked eye, it's like wow, Rizzo's really missing a bunch. Of, no, it's because IKF routinely throws like short hops to him every single time because he just cannot make the throws. And then he on top he of that, because he knows he can't make the throws, he does the long hop. Yeah, he too. also like doesn't have somehow he's getting away with making errors. And I will always refer back to this in Sevy's no hip it the just routine ball that he ducked under like he's got to be like letting his wife fuck the scorekeeper or something because the dude has just like he's had like six errors not recorded like that are just blatant errors it'll be a ground ball right to his kneecap and he'll boot it to right field they're like "Eh, well he did hit it at like an 86 mile an hour exit velo so we'll call that a double but yeah I don't want to shit on him too much. He was the hero last night. And I will say, as much as I shit on Isaiah Conner Falefa, hero last night was a pass ball. For a stopgap shortstop, minus the defense, which, whatever, he's made some okay plays. I don't want to be too hard on him. I do it mainly as a joke now at this point because I was very upset when we got him. He serves a purpose on a team that still say what you want, but look into the numbers and games that we hit home runs versus don't. We score a lot of runs by the home run. He is a guy that hits for a decent average. He hits a lot of ground balls. He is not a perfect player. He's not a good hitter, but he's a change that we needed in this lineup. I like him. There is value to that. I really like him, honestly. All of that, all of the bad things said, I really like what he gives this game. And, and... We we a little update for everybody. Uh, the over under on his homers for the years is point five, and he om- he almost hit one yesterday, and it was almost a grand slam. He got all of it. He got, <laughs> he got all of it. He got all of it and didn't hit the warning track. He got the warning it was, track. It was it was no, the didn't. center, and he almost got the warning. If track. there was no out, right it was no. If, if I think maybe the guy caught it like on the edge of the grass. If there was no fielder out there, because like the fielder caught it and his feet were technically not on the warning track. If he just let the ball fall, it would have hit dirt. No, it wouldn't have. It would have. It would have one hopped the wall. Maybe. I was keeping the book. Uh, the book. I, I know everything. Right. You, that was an inning you were peeing or getting a beer or talking to somebody and had to refresh. I will say I love Wednesday games because, one, we get standing room and we go sneak into the best seats in the house. Um, and two, I went to go piss and I missed a batter. Granted, it was DJ an eight-pitch at-bat, but I missed a at-bat. A one you bat, also, one at-bat. I mean, that has nothing to do with the day of the game yeah it does it's not filled out it was against the reds too no when it's a when it's a packed house then the lines are long for everything so yeah it has everything to do with the day of the week fair enough fair enough fair enough but it was a good at bat by dj and you left in between innings but you're right oh that's me sorry but yeah all right moving on want to talk about i know we mentioned a ton already about this but Ben Attendee now is apparently, we're not going to make this a COVID conversation because who the fuck cares at this point, but he is not vaccinated. I can't believe you were going to say who the fuck cares on here. What? What? I did say that. So he, he's not vaccinated. Uh, don't care. But does that, how does that affect baseball? He won't be able to play in the Toronto games. Now, 
that same thing happened with Judge and everybody. They ended up getting vaccinated. Ben Attendee never had to, he never had Toronto on the schedule yet, so he never has been faced with this issue. This issue is being talked about now because, obviously, you're the Yankees. You're going to be playing Toronto, potentially, in the playoffs. You don't want that to be an issue. I'm not really worrying about it, but they, it's that's what's being swirling around right now in in the rumor mill is like that potentially mm-hmm. might make the Yankees not want him anymore because they don't want to deal with that. What's your guys' read on that? Are you buying into that, or are you not worried? Well, they they basically said they're not in on him anymore. Yeah, so I don't, it's not really who up said, to but ter- John Hyman, but Toronto's in. He's so, wrong on everything. No, I'll back Murph up on this because John Hyman did say. <laughs> You know, the Yankees have six games left in Toronto, which is wrong. They don't. And then a possible playoff series, whatever. Uh, I don't Playoff know. series wouldn't be in Toronto. Uh, well, yes, it would be. There, you would have two games in Toronto. Yeah. Which I, I'm an idiot. That, don't I don't fucking make that face, Murph. You, you can't You can't not get a guy of that caliber. Because, and people are like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Whatever his numbers are, his OPS plus, whatever. Those are all good numbers, but they're like, yeah, he doesn't have home runs, big fucking whoop, whatever. They're like, yeah, Ian Happ's a better option. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Andrew Bittendi is a damn good player and would help this team. I don't know why anybody would think otherwise, but I don't think that the possible maybe two games you'll have to play in Toronto, who just fired their manager because the movie had a little bit of a plot twist in it. I don't think that's worth not getting a guy because you still, you know, these are the same people that don't, that are like, oh, yeah, well, we don't even need an outfielder because we have Marwin and we have Carpenter and all these other things. Is it really? Yes, every game matters in the playoffs. The Orioles but, are taking the spot. But you're banking on to it's not true. go for Benatendi just solely based on that. And like like you said, we're not talking about what anything like that, anything with the actual vaccination status, but solely from a baseball perspective to not – go after a guy because the possibility that maybe after 70 more games, he may miss two in the postseason, maybe possibly who knows at this point. And that's assuming he comes to the Yankees on a contender and doesn't get vaccinated or whatever. I I think that that's a stretch. If the reports are true, then I think, I think it's ridiculous at this point, just because I, like I said, you're banking on the Blue Jays making it and making it to the next round and the Yankees doing that or the Yankees faltering and having to play them. This is a one-off scenario where a lot of things have to fall your place to where potentially maybe you have to play in Toronto for two games and nothing's changed. Then if you're not willing to go after a guy because of that, then I think that's silly. Uh, maybe they're just not showing their hand, whatever. But two games, I I don't I don't buy it from a logical standpoint, but then again, this isn't the year to shit on Brian Cashman because they've done a good job, but I don't even think he's that dumb to write off somebody that would clearly make no. your team better over that. I don't think he is either, and I, I, I really – I jokingly said it at first, but I, I think it's actually a possibility. The Orioles are buzzing right now. Uh, the test of time will, will tell if they can continue to play like this. I think they're on like an 11-game win streak or something like that. Um, ten. ten game win streak. It's gonna be eleven after tonight. But the Orioles, on the flip side, obviously have more talent than the Orioles have. the The Blue Jays have more more talent than the Orioles have. I think I said. But um, I mean, the or- the Blue Jays are a dumpster fire right now. They just fired their manager. I mean, they're just 
everybody is seemingly yeah. underperforming their fi- basically the, 500 the right now. It's the movie. I mean, this is a really fucking great movie for us to watch. I mean, it's just, it's, I, I, I really don't think that with all that being said, you really, you, you put, I don't, even if the Blue Jays were the team that was promised, like they were supposed to be in the beginning of the year when they were supposed to be this AL, the, the AL, the team to beat coming out of the AL, they were the number one team in the power ranks before the season even started. Even if that were the case, like you said, Chandler, we're only playing three games against them and then maybe, Maybe if we get matched up against them against them in the playoffs, we have a couple games out there, and that's we're now we're saying all of that, and we haven't even just we don't know if Ben Ben Tendi might get vaccinated when given the chance, and he'll do exactly what Judge did when he was faced with that. It's just we don't know. That's a lot of assumptions, and then the biggest assumption to me is that that we're we're even going to have to play them. So I don't know. It's just a little bit ridiculous to me. Drives down Ben Attendee's value at all? No. I don't. Well, I, I don't. I don't think we have enough information. I don't think we ever will have enough information to like actually make assumptions about this because, like, real about good point. Like, we don't. Like, he may have just like never had the need well, to yeah. to get vaccinated or like whatever the case may be. Like, he may have never planned for it, so we don't know really the whole story behind it. I'm sure there will be some. Same with Rizzo you know, too. Yeah, These I'm sure there will be vaccinated. some. Ex- there'll be some extravagant story that comes out that. It makes it seem like a lot worse than it actually is. But um, yeah, I think that we'll at most in a playoff series play them twice in Toronto. And again, I think if, if he's a guy who's going to help us get somewhere, even, you know, before we even get to that point, and that's a big, maybe a lot needs to fall, a lot needs to happen for that to even be a situation, then I don't know. But also could just be against just like you know the the Steinbrenner or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, we don't we don't know enough about it to make assumptions. But I think that he's still a valuable person to get, even if he can't. You know, I don't think it will happen. But even if he can't play in those couple of games, I still think it's worth going after. I him. think a lot of this too is just the hysteria of the media trying to talk about it to where they're. You know, John Heyman, not to shit on, or excuse me, John Hyman, not to shit on him <laughs> in particular, but he's not been that accurate in a lot of his reporting just over the last year or two or however long, at least the last couple of years that I've been following it. Uh, and, you know, the whole story around baseball right now is that 40% of the Royals players aren't playing. Like, they're not a true team, blah, 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 blah. I feel like that's just kind of the right thing that everybody has to report on right now. So maybe it's being blown out of proportion. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I think if you make a decision solely based off those potential two games, maybe in in Toronto, then you're making a mistake. And I I don't know that they would do that. I know that's the story right now. That's the whole storyline. But again, I think that the storyline might be a little swayed because that's what the media has to do right now. So who knows, uh, without getting too much in depth, you know, with the actual stuff, cause that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about baseball. I, th- I, th- I actually see it as a positive. I think maybe it'll drive his value down and people. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be pissed off about it. There'll be that select handful of Yankee fans like, Oh, you're going to get this selfish piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. But even at the end of the day, I think they'll find a way to get him playing those games in October we don't like you said we don't know until we're confronted with that situation but i think if push comes to shove if andrew benetetti was a yankee and we had to end up playing in toronto come october he would be in that lineup one way or another 
last thing I'll say on it, there are so many assumptions. He has the, I mean, he, he, we're assuming he won't get the vaccine when pressed with the chant, with the choice. We're assuming that the Blue Jays will make the playoffs. We're assuming they will win the first round of the playoffs. They have to, because if, if the season ended today, we would be having a bye and we would potentially be matched up with them in the second round. That's also we that you're assuming now we match up with them in the second round and not the ALC. Like a lot of things. Well, no, we so many things need, need to happen. Yeah, um, a lot I, don't, I don't put call. any stock in it. I don't put I'll any. Stock on in Aug- it. We'll see on August second. But I mean, the Royals would be idiots to keep him, and the Yankees would be foolish to not go for him. I don't even like. They're saying the Mets have interest. The Mets always have interest in everybody. Especially now. The Mets have interest literally in every player in baseball that's hitting above like 250. Yeah, I'd be pissed if he goes to the Mets. Is it just me or I feel there's a lot less like free agents available? Not not just for not just not just for us, like that fit our like needs right now, but just in general throughout the league right now. Yeah, it's not a, a lot. Tra- it's a, it's week, not it's a, a good trade class. class, yeah. I mean, you Which look, sucks. We've also, we've also been, yeah, we've also been spoiled though. Look at you know the ones passed with Grinky and Verlander and all these other ones. Like, yeah, we're not, we don't have those, but there are pieces there, and we talked about it last episode that will help this team win. And there, Luis Castillo. I'll just keep harping on that because he is the guy to me. If you don't, if you don't get Luis Castillo, and if all they're asking is Peraza, if they don't want a Volpe or a Dominguez. I think you have to part with them. It may hurt, and it you know what? Like I said, maybe it bites you in the ass. Maybe it doesn't. But yeah, it's a weaker trade class, and that's the best of the best. You got to get them. This is the year to do it. Well, especially it because is. it's a weak class too. Like the fact that it's a weak class that makes Castillo. Now, just to recap, all of the factors that we mentioned on this entire show, the struggles of Nestor and Tyone that. Say what you want about what they'll do the rest of the year. Hopefully, they figure it out. But at this point, we're making a decision to add depth to this this rotation. We have the, the what we have recently seen is that they're struggling. That we're, we have that reason to go after Castillo. Now we have Severino reason to go after Castillo. We also have the thinness of the entire trade deadline options. It's a bad class. All three of those things to me make it. Castillo or bust, and I'm going to be really disappointed when we don't get him. Yeah, I'm ready to be hurt again. We're not, no way we're if you think him. we're adding a top line person, I'll say this now: I'm ready to get. Hurt. There's no, there's been no indication. Last year they made the panic moves for Gallo and for Rizzo, but they didn't give up anything that truly hurt. And I've said it. Yeah, I said it last episode. I'll say it again now. If you if we're making a trade of significance that's going to help this team, it's going to hurt. You're going to feel that pain of losing somebody if it's going to help you this year, and that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm I'm I don't know that the front office is, and I don't know why, because I don't even remember a trade we've been burned on recently, prospect wise. I mean, Rule Five guys. Yellow. I know Gar- Garrett Whitlock. I'm talking about on our side. Like, we, we, you mean we you give up? We lost. We give up prospects and the prospects. But we didn't give up a Glaber Torres for. We don't know that yet. It just happened. We, we do know that. No, it just happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and what we got in return was Joseph Gallo. 
I'm just saying we haven't been truly burned on one or hurt where we're giving up somebody, one of our top guys that panned out. And I don't remember when I don't, I don't get the reluctance. I guess that's what frustrates me is I don't understand why if we'd went out last year and traded for Trey Turner, he came to New York, sucked ass and we gave up Volpe and he was playing for the nationals right now, you know, slashing, 350 and he had the fucking OPS of over one dot and he was just this guy, then yeah. I'd be like, all right, well fuck. Now I get the reluctance, but I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it right now because you haven't been burned like that. So what's why are you so hesitant? We haven't given up a top ten prospect in baseball though either. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying is we haven't given anything up to where you can be burned to that degree. So why are you so hesitant? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I think Volpe is out of the question, and I think Peraza just has to get the right price. Castillo, I mean, maybe, maybe. All right, he's the only one that I'm good with giving him up for. Time will tell. Um, Nope. Let's just keep the lights on. Damon, want to do the honors? Yeah. Um, Before we head out, before we go watch the baseball game. I just say it like that. I don't know. I was a little excited to watch the Yankees right now. Anyway, any hoozy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this episode is also presented by Underdog Fantasy, uh, the best fantasy sports app. You hear us talk about it, probably being dead horse here. But if you're not on the app already, then you're not doing it right. You're not betting right. You're not winning your money correctly. Like, seriously. Um Link in our bio, link in the podcast description. Click that link. Um, if your first smash time it. signing up, smash that link. Smash that like button. Um, if it's your first time using Underdog, you can use our promo code 161BOYS and get a $100 deposit match of Murph's money. Um, we're doing a bunch of different events in there. We can you know, do prop bets, daily fantasy, pick them games. Um, Rella almost won a ton of money, but... Um, like a cold pick, fucked him over. I see. Um, yeah, he sucks. I'm placing some bets in there. It's a lot of fun. I'm sure Chandler has been putting some prop bets in there. Um, so yeah, come and join us. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, come win some money. Stat of the day. Stat of the day to close this episode out. Um, Record breaking amount of slim gyms that were consumed by Chandler during this episode. I, I, I personally, uh, based on the eye test, I have counted. I think I at least four that I've seen. Three? Three so far. I've had many before and I'll have some after, but records. Records being broken this year. Just absolutely wild stuff. I'm hungry, man. I've been I'm a working guy. Yeah. Eight o'clock this morning. I'm out here talking about the Yankees. So You're gonna break Roger Maris Slim Jim record? That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Got fuel up somehow. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. As always, thank you for, for tuning in and making it this far. You guys are the real ones. Um, go give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. Um, go subscribe to the YouTube to watch these episodes live. Uh, just type in Bronx Pinstripes. That's where we do those. Uh, yeah. Go follow the accounts. Go watch the games. And let's chat in the chalkboard group chat. See you guys later. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.